Welcome to the Faith Debate on 930 WFMD, News Radio 930 WFMD, online at WFMD.com. And uh, I think, I don't think they've turned it off. I think we're still actually on the FM. If you go to 99.9 FM HD2, if you have an HD radio, you can listen to us. I'm not sure if we're in stereo or just really cool sounding mono. I have, I have, I have no idea. <laughs> But it's either really cool-sounding stereo or really cool-sounding mono because, I mean, with the four of us talking, it's really cool-sounding one way or the other. Um, who are these four I speak of? Well, there's Imran Raz Razvi, there's Daniel Razvi, there's David Forsey, and there's me, Troy Skinner. And we're all pastors. We're all pastoring house churches uh, in Frederick County. And um, so if you're interested in a house church, reach out to me and we'll see, you know, which one's a good fit for you and, and get you plugged in if that's what you're looking for. And if you're looking for a church, you might be looking for something else. Maybe you're looking for the truth. You're looking to understand what the, the truth of the Bible is. David, uh, do you happen to know what the truth of the Bible is all about? Well, that's, that's an interesting uh, introduction <laughs> there. Uh, well, last, uh, last show we were talking about how... Um, how a lot of the ways that one of the ways that that people primarily rise to power politically is by um, telling people that they have the a solution, that they have the answer to their their problems and uh, and their issues. And um, I noted how that's you know it's really really people trying to uh, pretend like they are a a messiah figure, um, a, a Jesus Christ figure, and. You know, we we all do recognize that we that we have a need, that we have uh, we have some sort of problem, some sort of shortcoming, um, and that's because none of us is is perfect, and uh, and so we know that we need to be we need to be rescued, and Jesus is that is that rescuer, um, and he, you know, as the as the Son of God who came to rescue us from our our sins and to rescue the. To, to rescue the all, all of all of creation from the brokenness of sin and uh, so that is that is the only hope that we really have we have no no true lasting eternal hope in uh, in any uh, any any government any politics so it's know, not Donald any Trump sort of certainly not no <laughs> no even if he wants to make America great again uh, that might be nice but well, that's what we were beginning to talk about a little bit last week. We were talking about populism and uh, the divides there. We have, um, you know, Donald Trump and the conservative uh, populist nationalist uh, ideal on one side, and then Bernie Sanders and the communist ideal on the other side. And and, and it's not just America; it's 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 around the world. You know, Brexit is a good example we brought up last week. But there's they're pulling so there are all these people on these different ideological uh, tracks are populists, but they're pulling the train in different directions on the track, and so there's conflict. And so the MAGA movement is hugely threatening, and in response to that, the fact that Trump ended up winning, his authority and his power had to be like cut off at the knees as far as they were concerned, the people who wanted to go in a, a globalist direction. And so they did all sorts of nasty things, and now we've got proof of the things that we all kind of knew for the longest time with the, you know, the, the Russia collusion, you know, Russia, 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 Steele dossier, um, you know, paid for by the, the DNC apparently, and there's, you know, we have proof of these sorts of things now. And I think we kind of felt like we had proof a long time ago, but even those on the other side of the political fence are, 
a lot of them are beginning to say, okay, yeah, I guess maybe they're, well, they, they're not going down easy, but they've, they've kind of got their tail between their legs a little bit. Um, but the right also had an interesting reaction to everything that was going on. So to try to tear down the nationalists, you got the Steele dossier and the Russia collusion story. But to try to tear down any sort of legitimacy for the one world government move, you got the rise of a really interesting phenomenon, the, the Q phenomenon. Now, I don't know if you guys know a whole lot about the whole Q thing or not, but it's – it's uh, David's not sure. Are the, are, so, the, are the Razvies familiar with this whole thing? Somewhat, yeah. Um, I mean Q is, is supposedly some, some whistleblower inside the government that was posting things about the deep state and, and so on. And I'm kind of of the opinion that Q is – if Q was an actual person, Q was actually also a member of the deep state and just throwing out misinformation to try to get people riled yeah, up. What they call a psyop, right? Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, there you got a whole bunch of people that were following Q and and reading what Q was writing, and and to the point where anything Q said was great and conservative, even if it didn't match with actual conservative <laughs> ideals. For example, when Q said that. President Trump might have to declare martial law just for a little bit to get those communists in, in their place. Well, everybody uh, that was following Q were saying, yeah, that makes sense. No, it doesn't. Martial law is never a good thing, no matter who's in charge. Like you said, you know, as long as your guy is there, right. then it could be a good thing. As he's soon our as, dictator. As soon as he's not there, <laughs> then something else is bad. So I think people – easily. this is what uh, um, my dad was saying last week is – People are easily led astray by some charismatic leader that says, hey, this is what you guys want. This is what the people want. And people listen to it. Yeah, I guess so. Even if they never thought about it or even really want that. And if you gave them all of the information, they might pick something totally different. You see this a lot with polls. Polls, uh, you know, you'll, you'll see a news article. Oh, 85% of Americans want this. And then you read the poll question and you're like, well, of course they want that. The way you phrase the question doesn't doesn't explain what you're actually asking right so it, but not only that once they say 85 percent of the people want this and you want to be part of the 85 you don't want to be a rebel and we were taught to be uh, compliant and be part of the whole part of the group unless your name is troy skinner <laughs> <laughs> some of us some of us have that uh that streak in us <laughs> that comes from the revolutionary days yeah. that's, that's right <laughs> so uh now did any of the three of you ever spend any time on the Q website where he would, he or she or whoever it was supposed to be, or they, would post the Q drops, they called them? I read some of them. I, never, I didn't follow it extensively. Yeah, I didn't follow it extensively either, but, you know, I, so many people that I know, uh, particularly over time, like it was, a, it, was, it was gathering, it was a snowball gaining steam and size as time went on leading up to the 2020 uh, presidential election. So I had so many people talking about it and talking to me about it and stuff. I thought, okay, I didn't give it a whole lot of credence, but let, let me check what this thing is out. Now, in fairness to the whole Q thing, part of what the, was attractive was it was pointing out how the Steele dossier is a farce and the Russia collusion is, is a made-up hoax, and, and Q got those things right. Well, duh, I didn't even have to pay attention to Q, and I got those things right. You know, um, and I'm not necessarily even smarter than your average bear. Um, and, and then the Mueller probe was an embarrassment, and, and Q was all over that, I guess. And so 
Q was pointing out a lot of the problems. But for me, the litmus test was, all right, I'm going to see what Q is saying about things that I know about, like that I personally know a lot about for sure, and see how that squares up. And I'm a pastor, right? And I spend a lot of time thinking about theology and worldview, worldview philosophy that ties into a biblical worldview. And so I'm looking for those sorts of things on Q's drops. And there was a lot of... Uh, religious and pseudo-religious and pseudo-Christian and Christian. It was an interesting amalgam of kinds of information. And a lot of stuff was like in code, and you had to try to decipher the code. And it was, you know, Trust the plan. Crazy stuff. Trust the plan. Keeps yeah, saying. but some of the stuff is, uh, um, is not oblique. It's clear what is being said. And in some of those areas where it was being clear, it was clearly wrong. It was saying something as though it was a Christian perspective or it was the biblical view on something. And it's like, no, you are clearly wrong. And if you're that wrong on the Bible and that wrong about what Christianity is all about and what it stands for, I can't trust anything else you say. Now, it's not to say you have to know everything about the Bible and about Christianity, but if you're going to make claims about the Bible and Christianity and be wrong— and then you're going to make other claims about things that aren't necessarily related to Christianity and Bible. I can't trust those either because you are wrong, like provably wrong, on things I know about. So I never mm. threw in with the whole Q phenomenon. And I think uh, it was just another way to divide because when we become united, um, again, we talked about that with Babel last uh, week, you know, divided it's easier to conquer. It's easier to separate and you, you're not as powerful. But once you start uniting um, – then you become more powerful. And Q was just one more way to divide and to have, give each side hope that they, could, they had a possibility to keep fighting. And we haven't really gotten into eschatology yet, but I'm of the opinion that, uh, based on the Bible, that things will eventually end up with a one-world evil government dictatorship um, that is global in nature. And... So everything must trend toward that in order to conform with Scripture. And so I think that was accelerated in recent years in part because of the Q movement and the idea that all these conservatives and patriots should stand by and trust the plan and not do anything about the communist takeover of America or whatever. And a lot of people did just get lulled into sleep thinking that their guy, oh, Trump's in power, he's, he's a patriot, he's a conservative, I don't have to worry about things. And meanwhile, there were plenty of unconservative things that were happening in the government over the last several years, but nobody really stood up or made any noise about it, and I think that allowed a lot of other things to be put in place where now we have even more restrictions from the government on almost every aspect of our lives over the last year and a half. And so it's it's pushing towards that global uh, communist government. Yeah, with what you know about Q, and you know, everybody in this room probably has varying degrees of familiarity with it. But based on what you know, what would your pastoral advice be? Because there are a lot of people pro- who are professing Christians who are all about Q. So what, if, let's say they attended your church and they brought it up. You know, what might you say to them? Focus on God. Focus on Christ and what the what the the Bible talks about and, and the end times that are coming. Yeah, I would have to uh, agree with that, and also with David Forsey is saying they're all looking for a savior, but that's the wrong place to look. Yeah, my 
my go-to is always to to just remind people of the the dangers of of idolatry, the ease at w- with which we fall into that. Um, you know, and you know whether it's uh, you know, and idolatry of even even good things too. Like you know, like there there are some great things about uh, the United States, but and there are great things about family. You know, and people end up uh, taking these these good gifts that God has given. Um, you know, of, of all kinds, and trying to hold on to that, and then when God, um, you know, with you know, say a, a nation that seems to be a good place, uh, and as things are going well there, when when God begins to take that away, and people try and and grasp for it and hold on to it, um, that can that can be a sign of of idolatry in our lives. I think I remember a news article. Um, right before the last election in, in 2020, the presidential election. And it started out with a statement that many people are saying that if Donald Trump wins, the world will end. The, it'll be a disaster. And then many other people are saying if, if uh, uh, Joe Biden wins, then it'll be a terrible disaster and the world is going to end and it's going to you know, accelerate the collapse of all society. And... Um, well, I'm a Christian, and I read the Bible, and so I, I also read the end of the Bible. Newsflash, the world does end. That's a good thing. Um, it ends either way, the, the, and, and we need to have a heavenly focus. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things who supposedly wins or doesn't win in a minor election when, you know, compared to what's, what really is, is important in, in the spiritual realm. And we need to focus on God, focus on Christ and the the gospel and, and the message we're supposed to uh, preach and understand that there will be a time, maybe very, very soon. And if it's sooner, then that's actually something to rejoice about. But when the, you know, the world ends and we you know, Christ comes back and we're with him, and that, that's something to be celebrating, something to rejoice. It talks in Revelation when Babylon falls. It says all the saints in heaven are praising God and saying glory to God. The ones that are sad about Babylon falling, those are the evil people, the, the merchants and the warmongers and the, and the uh, uh, you know, idolaters and, and all of those people that, were, that are worldly. They're the ones that are sad when society is crumbling. The people that are, are happy about Christ coming back, that, those are the true believers. In the grand scheme, you know, I don't think anybody who calls themselves a Christian would, would disagree. We're all, all Christians, all believers, all followers of Christ are awaiting our King's return, um, you know, the second Advent, as we're now entering uh, Advent season uh, right now as we do these shows. Um, but we're still in the interim. In the meantime, we are to advocate for righteousness and truth and justice and uh, to... Uh, to push for uh, godly government and to uh, live our lives in a way that we have godly families and that we demonstrate godly self-control in our own individual lives. Like all of those things do immensely matter. So if Christ were to, were to return, he could return in, in, in this instant in, uh, is, uh, in, in my uh, eschatological view. But let's say he were to return in five minutes. Well, it doesn't mean we stop doing anything and caring about what's good and right and true for the next five minutes. We continue to live lives that are committed to what is good and right and true during those five minutes. That's sure. part of the demonstration of knowing uh, that we're ready for his return. And so, um, but, but there's there's a tendency to get 
caught up in that uh, uh, to the exclusion of the gospel and what uh, and what our focus should be in, in, in heaven. There, there's a tendency to be worried about politics or to be worried about worldly things that, uh, again, to the exclusion of actually focusing on God. I think that I would uh, – yeah, I, I don't know if we're disagreeing. I'm just trying to clarify so there's not a misunderstanding with the, with the listener who might be hearing what we're saying. Um, and I don't want us to get sidetracked. We'll, we'll end up talking about I'm not, this. I'm not saying don't vote, don't be involved in politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I'm not saying I that. I know you're not saying that. So to clarify what, what, we're, what we are trying to say here, at least what I'm trying to say, and I don't want to – I'm going to bring up something, but we're not going to talk about it right now. We're going to talk about it you know, maybe next show or another show or something. But the big controversy – controversy with Black Lives Matter and and the people on the left, the progressive side, insisting that you say Black Lives Matter. They get really agitated if you say All Lives Matter or Lives Matter. Like, oh, you don't want to say Black. They're trying to force that you would say Black Lives Matter. And my thinking on that is that it's precisely because All Lives Matter that Black Lives Matter. It's the same thing with this eschatological view. It's precisely because our victorious king is coming again, that we are to live engaged, righteous lives in the here and now as we await his return. So it's not not, they're not tugging in different directions. They're not at odds with one another. It's precisely because he's coming back that we want to have him, when he comes back, tell us, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've done what I've asked you to do. So, and I think we might be saying kind of the same thing. Uh, so, So... for the listener who might have been confused, perhaps, we're trying to clarify our terms here. We did that last week, yes. and we're doing it this week. One of the downsides to these uh, psyops, we used that word last week, and I think that uh, the Q phenomenon could have been a psyop. I think we used that word again this week for, for, for Q phenomenon. One of the dangers is it can throw us off the scent of where the real challenges in our world lie. Like on the progressive side, they had so many people paying attention to Russia that nobody's paying any attention to China and the World Economic Forum, which is really the threat to the Western way of life. And then on the uh, and then with Q, it got so discredited and so crazy with some of the things that the Q drops were advocating for that when real things happened. You'd say something about, oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Like you're, You must be a Q uh, follower. You must have your tinfoil hat on. And I'm alluding to you know, the voter fraud that happened in 2020. Um, and I'm not going to say the alleged voter fraud because I watched it happen with my own eyes. I'm watching TV and you see the vote totals. And then 10 minutes later, they update the vote totals for a particular state and they flip the numbers. I watched it happen in real time. That doesn't happen. And then you could go and you could you could track the voting totals on the New York Times uh, uh, website, and they were they were posting. I think it was every five minutes or whatever it was. They were posting updates, a rolling update on all the election results, and you could watch the numbers change to the detriment of Donald Trump in real time. So after watching it happen in real time, and then seeing the video evidence and the personal testimony evidence, there, there's no doubt there was there was fraud. Was there enough to turn the, the tables on the election? I think there's enough evidence to say that's the case. But regardless, um, all of this stuff that's going on, all the pushback against the Make America Great Again thing, it leads us to change our election laws. So there's mail-in ballots, not just absentee ballots, mail-in ballots, which is just an invitation to cheat. Um, and then it, it – uh, and all this electronic stuff, I mean we're in a technological quandary right now. We're so dependent on technology, and yet the technology allowed for all this vote switching 
to take place with the Dominion machines or, or other products like that. And then the response to it. Yeah, you can't talk about that, Troy, otherwise you get canceled. You can't even have a different opinion. It must be in line with what the mainstream media says. And if you think differently, then you're a troublemaker. Yeah, Mike Lindell has kind of been canceled. He's the My Pillow guy. He's had some issues. Right. But we didn't, we, the people who think like I just expressed how I think, people on that side of this issue, we didn't do ourselves any favors because, I mean, Judy, Rudy Giuliani was a disaster in how he was advocating for uh, uh, election integrity in the couple of months following the election. And uh, Sidney Powell seemed like she had it together, and then she just, like, I don't know, just pulled the plug on her whole thing and walked away. I, it was very confusing. So I'm bringing this up and sharing. I'm putting my cards on the table so there's no illusion about where I stand. You guys don't need to necessarily follow my lead on that. The reason I mention all that is to set the context for you three pastors to speak pastorally to this because, Imran, you're right. If you hold a contrary view, like, <laughs> You're an idiot. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. You should be put out of business probably for saying what you just said. And there are people in the same congregations who have those different views, maybe not in some of the smaller, more tightly knit congregations, but certainly in larger congregations. There's a big divide. It's caused divisions inside of the church, you know, uh, speaking more globally. So what do we as pastors say about that issue? Well, I guess one of the things I I wonder about is, you know, are people, is part of the division within the church because people are saying, you know, the the relational starting point for, for trust is that I agree, we agree on political things, which I think is, is sometimes the case and is a, is a bad sign, um, you know, rather than saying, you know, well, no, we we agree on we agree on Jesus, and you know, and from there we can, uh, you know, we can remain family while disagreeing on the lesser things. So, I I, I sense a I sense a misordering of of priorities within the church when there's division over things like this. I think that applies to. A doctrine in the church as well is you can fellowship with somebody who who disagrees with you on let's just say eschatology I mean you could believe that the either the millennium already happened or it isn't happening uh, or, literally and then somebody else could believe that you know uh, we're imminently going to be raptured and then there will be a, a literal millennium and those th- those topics I would argue are not central to salvation it would not prohibit fellowship with each other you can talk about those. Now, there are things, even on the political side, though, that, that do matter to the extent that it's, it, it is very important to, to at least be aware of what, what people believe. You know, just like in, in the doctrine of the church, I mean, if you disagree on, let's say, the Trinity or whether Jesus actually died for your sins, then that would be something that you probably don't want to fellowship with the so-called believers who believe that. And... On the political side, you might think that there's more the government could or should be doing or less that they should be doing or could be doing. But I would argue that if you believe that um, it's okay to kill babies, then I got a problem with that. And, you know, abortion is murder, and there really isn't any way to get around that. The same thing with 
LGBT uh, issues and things like that, a lot of times the church will compromise on those things. And there are, there are politics you can compromise on. This, uh, some of these issues are, would not be those. Yeah, I think there's a. There's, it's can good. You, can you hang on to your Absolutely. thought? Absolutely. Because we're, we've uh, we've pressed up against the clock. It's one of the downsides to radio. We got to hit the post. <laughs> um, the person I just rudely interrupted was. You're was forgiven, David Forsey. Troy. Uh, the, the person that was speaking right before that was Daniel Razvi. The other voice you heard besides mine today is Imran Raz Razvi. Uh, I'm Troy Skinner. This is the Faith Debate. You can follow us online at householdoffaithinchrist.com and also wfmd.com. Until next week. 167 and a half hours from just about right now. You have yourself a blessed week ahead. God bless.